Welcome to episode 134 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my co-host and the highest ranking officer in the army of customer service, Adam Toporek. Hoo-yah! <laughs> Adam, how's your summer going? It is wonderful. It is uh, hot and steamy here in Florida, but fortunately, no. I'm on the road a lot, so <laughs> I'm not going to see much of it. How's yours going, Jeannie? Uh, it's good. You know, running kids around to camps and trying to get ready for various road trips and things like that, but it's all good. We've oh. had a nice summer so far. That sounds very fun. Yes, I'm on, I think I'm on the road for like two-thirds of July now, so ah, officially. Nice. But we will see each other, so that'll be cool. <laughs> we will, yes. It's very rare. We, we never see each other in our home states. It's always <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> well, ironically, I am going to see you, and before that, I'm going to the hometown of our guest today. That's right. Yes. We were we we had such a good discussion with him. I'm I'm so excited I can barely speak <laughs> about uh, <laughs> our guest today. Curtis Kopf, uh he has worked in so many different industries. He's always been so customer centric and he's so I think generous with really sharing with peers and he's always willing to chat. He's really good on Twitter. I just have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Yeah, and I really like one of the parts of the discussion, particularly where he talked about, and uh, for you listeners, this is near the end, so hang in there. Uh, he talked about uh, survey questions and their mm -hmm. different approach to it. And it's funny because I just got through uh, with another airline, not Alaska Airlines, that Curtis used to work for. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, getting this really strange survey. So I was on the uh, phone with customer service, and they asked me, uh, can you do one question? I was like, one question? Okay, you're off to a good start. That's the, that's the way to start <laughs> it off, right, for a quick airline thing. And it was... Uh, if you owned a customer customer service company, would you hire the person you just spoke with? Whoa! And it's a really odd question because one, there's so many layers to hiring. Yes, it's, it's very off. And two, in the first case, I've had it twice now with that airline. In the first case, the person was great, but the experience was horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because all their systems and all the problems I had weren't really about that person. So right. you know, so it's really. The, the lessons he teaches are really important and the things that mm -hmm. he uh, conveys because survey questions and having the right survey question at the right moment for the right person is really an art. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and he, he goes into some great examples about good ways and the not-so-good ways. <laughs> exactly. It's been handled, but he's a, he's a really great guy. He's very... Um, personable, but he also is so knowledgeable about this stuff. I'm just, I'm really pleased we can bring this to you, our listeners today. Yep. So why don't you tell us all about Curtis? Excellent. Curtis Kopf is Vice President of Customer Experience for Primera Blue Cross. He is a visionary leader and digital innovator who has built industry-leading customer experiences at Alaska Airlines, Microsoft, and Amazon.com. As Vice President of Customer Innovation for Alaska Airlines, Curtis built award-winning mobile, mobile apps and customer feedback programs, as well as pioneered such innovations as online bag tags and the use of biometrics. Pretty cool. Future Travel Experience named Curtis in June as one of 25 global innovation leaders in the airline industry, and Alaska's mobile app was named by Fortune as the best travel app in America in 2015. He's held a variety of leadership roles in his career, from serving as Amazon's first general manager in the UK to developing curriculum and teaching 
at the University of Washington's Mobile Business Strategy Certificate Program. He has an undergraduate degree in English from Brown and a master's degree in writing from Johns Hopkins. And because he doesn't have enough free time, <laughs> he's also <laughs> vice chairman of the Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Puget Sound Board. We're so happy to have him with us today. Welcome, Curtis. We're so happy that you joined us today. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Oh, thanks so much, Curtis. And, you know, one of the things that fascinates me, we've, we've met before at a couple of CXPAs, and your resume is really, it's an unusual grouping. So you're with Amazon, Alaska Airlines, and now Primera. And I wanted to ask you to start this off. Why do you think you're so attracted to organizations that are more focused on customers than a lot of their competitors? Yeah, that's that's thank you. That's a great question. I, I had someone the other day tell me that I had a jagged resume. And I've never <laughs> heard and at first I was alarmed, but but I actually I, I realized that meant, you know, I've worked in a number of different industries. And so you know, I think the bottom line for me is that um, I, I'm a very mission-driven person, and like a lot of us. And I've always been attracted to companies that have inspiring missions. And going all the way back to the, the late 90s, I was in the book publishing industry, and I kept uh, – reading these interviews with this guy, Jeff Bezos, and <laughs> who was, you know, and, and now, of course, he's he's maybe the, the greatest CEO on the planet. But um, at the time, no one knew who he was. And he kept talking about creating the Earth's most customer-centric company. And I just, um, it fascinated me. And eventually, I went to Amazon. And I'll just say that was kind of a revelatory experience and kind of a, an inflection point in my career. And then, um, had the good fortune of, of getting to work for Microsoft and then, you know, Alaska airlines, which is fascinates me because it's an 80 year old airline, um, completely different business than Amazon. And yet they have a very similar kind of customer obsession and it's caused them to win um, nine J.D. Powers awards in a row. So there's something there that's repeatable. And and then lastly, I've been at Primera for about a year. And the thing that struck me uh, about a year ago was, firstly, there's a revolution going on in healthcare in the U.S. And in that, I'm always interested in going places, going to industries where there's a lot of change. And secondly... Um, in healthcare, we can directly impact people's lives. And the the mission um, here at Primera is, is to do just that. And um, that just inspired me. So in a sense, you know, health, um, retail, software, airline, healthcare seems like there's no connection there. But but I think the connection in these are these are all companies that that really care about their customers. Well said. And I think that you know, the mission thing, it's so important, and yet so many organizations just never spend the time really thinking about it and really communicating it in the most powerful way that they can. And even at these wonderful customer-centric organizations, there are challenges and hiccups that happen. And so I'm curious, can you give us a little bit of the behind-the-scenes challenges that you saw at these companies, which seem like 
if you're focused on the cu- the customer, good things happen. <laughs> it seems like it should be so easy. Uh, but what are some of the challenges you've seen and, and how were you able to work through those? Sure. No, that's a great question. I, I think the thing that struck me having worked at a few of these companies is that om- almost any industry that you can think about, uh, every company in that industry, like airlines, you pick airline as, as an example, every single airline, United, American, Southwest, Alaska, they all know what the pain points are. So generally speaking, the issue is not um, uh, a lack of understanding what the customer wants. It, it, as you're saying, it's it actually comes down to the execution. That That's really the thing, in my experience, that makes the difference because the companies in every industry that are lagging in customer experience, I think all of them would tell you they care greatly about the customer. So, so there's something different that's happening. Um, to use the airline industry as an example, um, every airline knows the basics that matter to customers. Uh, they want their flight to take off and land on time. Um, they want to be safe. They want low fares. They want friendly flight attendants, um, and you know they they want you to not lose their bag. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of that simple. Yeah. In, in in having worked at Alaska, what they do on the one hand, you could say, is ridiculously simple. They do those things. They mm-hmm. take off and land on time. They have friendly flight attendants. They have low fares. To your point, it sounds so simple, but the complexity, for example, for an airline where you're flying uh, literally all over the U.S. in every kind of weather imaginable, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, in all the mechanical issues, the complexity behind that is astonishing. And, you know, as an example, um, for, for Alaska to take off, have a flight take off and land on time, there's actually 30,000 data points, 30,000 things they measure wow. um, in order to do that. And now multiply that by you know thousands of flights every year. So, I mean, that's an example of there is incredible complexity um, under the hood, but um, uh, they use data and, and they're focused on execution. Maybe a different example about, you know, the complexities in, in how do you, because I think sometimes for us as companies, it's taking the complexity that's under the hood, um, and in hiding that from the customer, but sometimes it means getting rid of the complexity altogether. So Alaska is a good example, just a real practical example of, well, how does a company deal with that? Mm-hmm. Well, if you fly on Alaska airlines, they only fly 737s. And, and, you know, that would sound like, you know, a ridiculously simple thing. But what that means is they've actually taken a lot of complexity out because they don't have – their employees don't have to train on, diff, you know, an Airbus and a 737. They don't have to order parts for multiple kinds of airplanes. And so I use that as an example of they decided to simplify, make that single decision to simplify their business – to take complexity away that it ultimately allows them to do all these other things. Um, and, and that's it. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I think we all, I mean, gosh, in the healthcare industry, there is so much complexity, um, that we have to deal with to make that experience, you know, better. And a lot of it comes down to execution. Well, it's funny that you, you brought up kind of the basics of air travel. Um, one of the, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Curtis, but, uh, it was probably a little over a year ago or so, maybe two now, that 
uh, I met with you out in Seattle and you were still with Alaska and I was complaining because I hadn't flown Alaska there, but I was flying Alaska home. And I said, you know, on the way there, the flight attendants were surly and I couldn't get my water bottle filled up. And that's all I wanted to do. And so you tweeted me on the way home. I hope you got your water bottle filled up. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, the flight attendants were incredibly helpful and friendly. And it, it you know, there, that's something that probably doesn't look that dramatic on paper, but it made a big difference for my experience as a passenger. So there you go. They were doing it well. <laughs> no, it's funny. I actually, I very specifically remember that example. And, <laughs> you know, and it is funny. I mean, I, I think it does speak to culture because I think in any business, but definitely a service business like an airline, um, you know, I, I also think all of us as consumers are forgiving mm -hmm. and we understand when there's a thunderstorm and a plane, a flight gets delayed. But at the end of the day, what we saw in the airline industry was if the flight attendants were friendly, if mm -hmm. they smiled, if they cared, uh, things could even go wrong. Um, but, but the customer would be okay with it. And, you know, and that goes to a lot of other things that these companies do behind the scenes, like compensate those flight attendants really well, treat them well, mm -hmm. um, reward them, you know, for doing the right thing. And those are the things we all notice when we're, you know, with a company that does that well versus an experience we have where, you know, unfortunately your other experience where the flight attendant, um, didn't help you out. That's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. true. Yeah. It's fa It's fascinating of the three big companies we mentioned that are on your uh, jagged resume. <laughs> you know, two of them are really highly regulated and have a lot of variables to the customer experience that are outside of the company's control, airlines and health insurance. And, you know, Jeannie and I have talked a lot about those topics here. You know, what do you do when you can't control the whole experience? And you just hit uh, – that was a great uh, comment Jeannie made in your response. You hit on the cultural aspects and the training and the human side. But how do you view those journeys? How do you look at, you know, I, we can't control TSA. We can't control that we have to fill out government form XYZ to do this. And how do you integrate what you can control with what you can't control in these types of industries? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really great question. And in fairness, I think to industries like the airlines or healthcare or, I don't know, financial services – I think it it is an additional challenge when you're highly regulated and there may be things you have to do. I mean, there's announcements that um, flight attendants need to make on the flight that all of us have heard ten thousand times, and we may find you know annoying. Um, but but they're they're required to do that. So I mean, in fairness to all these industries, th those are legitimate challenges that they have to overcome. Um, and, and I think, you know, you, you kind of hit on it a little bit. First of all, you focus on what you can control, um, because even in, in an industry like health insurance, there are certainly things we're required to do, um, because we're regulated, but there are things within our control for sure. And so we should focus on, on what we can control, um, fo focus on the things that matter. Um, I think there's opportunities to partner. I, I, one thing that was very instructive to me about my time at Amazon is that when Amazon.com gets into an industry, a new industry, they don't, you know, their mindset isn't, I'm going to put, I'm going to create a website, um, an e-commerce website to sell these products and put them in a warehouse and I'm done. 
um, they think about the whole industry. So I, I worked um, at Amazon when their their only business was selling books. And part of my job was to work with book publishers. And, and I can tell you that they go deep into the whole industry. And we partnered closely with publishers to understand um, what could the publishers do um, upstream of Amazon to make the experience better. Um, Amazon could never have created the Kindle and had all the success they had if publishers didn't allow them to digitize all that content. So I think partnership is important. And then the last thing I'll say is I think every industry has its set of um, self-limiting beliefs. And in often in these industries, people will say, well, we can't do that because it's a requirement or compliance. But, but often um, that's not true. There's different ways of doing things or, or sometimes, you know, you uh, in an industry like that, you have to go make the case that the regulations should be different to make a better experience for the customer. So I just think those are different ways of thinking about constraints, um, particularly in, in highly regulated industries. Well, you know, I love that last part about the self-limiting beliefs because one of the things I teach with customer service and that aspect is you always have to deal with these things. There's always things you can't do uh, or you have to do. And the one thing is to ask that question, do we really have to, one? And then two, if you if the answer to that is still yes, then how can we do it in the least painful, best way possible? And that's that human factor you had mentioned before. Yeah, I agree. And I think... um. You know, Jeff Bezos has, at Amazon has a quote that I think is great. That's something to the effect of, um, when when you face constraints, w- one of the best ways to to deal with a constraint is through innovation. And so I think rather than accepting sometimes these self limiting beliefs, use them as a as a springboard to innovate. Uh, an example of that in the airline industry is that Alaska was the only airline for many, many years to offer a 20-minute baggage guarantee. And, you know, they, their mindset was, you know, we need to charge for bags, which which a lot of customers don't like, but there's a cost associated with that. We need to charge, but we need to give some value back to the customer. So we're going to make a guarantee. Um, at the time, the idea of guaranteeing that every single bag would be at the carrier in 20 minutes was unheard of. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to innovate and really rethink every, how they did it um, to get to 20 minutes. And I think it took at least three or four years before Delta was the next one to do it. But it took the rest of the industry that long um, to, to kind of break through that, that self-limiting belief. And I think these great companies do that. And I can attest to that. I was shocked by that in Chicago when that happened because that never happens in Chicago. <laughs> so <laughs> I was pretty impressed. <laughs> and, you know, any of these examples that we're talking about, really, it's about tapping into what customers want and what, they, what they're trying to tell you, right, as an organization. So we all know we should listen to customers and we all know that's a best practice, but I'm curious, what are some of the best ways that you've seen to really tap into those customer needs and wants and, and how to really listen to your customers? Yeah, that's a great question because I think um, as all of us are building customer experience programs in companies, and, and a lot of us often may be the first person or you know, you're, you're creating it from scratch. And I think one of the things we need to do 
as a as a discipline is is really be data driven to 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 earn the respect of other parts of of the businesses we work in um and not only do you earn respect when you're data driven but to your point you really start responding to what the customer wants not what you think they want and you know amazon is probably where i learned that the best in terms of their just focus on always starting with data um in terms of what i th- things that i've seen that work um, we're trying to be very holistic in our approach here at Primera. So we do surveys. Um, I'll talk a little more about that, about something we're doing that's a little bit different. Um, uh, we're, we're getting better at using data, whether it's you know web metrics on the website or other kinds of data. Um, and then ethnography. One of the things th- that is a new investment we're making here is um, really walking in the in the the customer's shoes, getting outside of our walls. So um, working with cancer patients, for, for example, people with cancer going into their homes, you know, of course, with their permission. But the interesting thing is what we're finding is customers, even in healthcare, are thrilled when mm. we say, would like to walk in your shoes to understand what you really have to deal with uh, to, in order to help us make it better. And so we're really investing in ethnography, in, in getting outside our, our walls, to get into people's homes, to come with them to doctor's appointments, um, to really understand the experience. And, and to do that, we're, we're bringing in people from other industries, people who have not just done this at the Mayo Clinic or at Sloan Kettering, but people who have done this for Nordstrom um, in Samsung, to bring in different perspectives. The other thing that we just launched that we're very excited about is a program called Primera Listens. And this has been live for about a month. And in a sense, it's a survey, but um, I'll give you a real practical example of how it's different. I stayed at a really, really nice hotel chain a couple months ago. Um, I'm a loyalty member. Um, had a bad experience, which was unusual. The, the one of the lights was broken. The um, the shower head actually fell out, fell onto oh. the ground. And it, and this is a super nice hotel chain, so it was really mm-hmm. uh, surprising. I got a survey the next day, <clears throat> uh, normal survey, filled it out, and I was giving them the lowest ratings on each mm-hmm. question. What was interesting to me is that this, you know, at some point I gave them the lowest possible score, and the next question was, you know, how old are you? And then the next question was, what's your gender? And it, it was, you know, imagine if you were at a party <laughs> and, you know, you were talking to an executive from that company. Mm-hmm. If, if you relayed the experience that I did, um, they wouldn't follow up by saying, well, how old are you? What's your gender? They would right. immediately <laughs> stop and say, oh, my God, we've got to fix that. So Premier Listens does that. It's very short. It's it's five questions. And when the customer tells us something went wrong, we don't keep asking them questions because we're trying to treat this like we were sitting in the room talking to that customer. So when the customer says that, we stop. And a, uh, an employee's picture pops up. In some cases, it's mine. And says, wow, okay, we're going to stop right here. We That's a problem. Um, please give us some more information. That then comes back in within seconds – the manager here at Primera who's responsible for that area gets a red flag and mm. they then have 72 hours, um, to circle back with that customer and respond to that red flag. And and I can go into the dashboard and I can see all the managers, how many red flags they have. I can go down to an individual employee 
let's say it's customer service or a flight attendant if we were at an airline. And um, anyway, that's something we're doing in terms of listening that I think is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, the other thing that's that's unique and powerful about it is that the vast majority of the feedback that we get is, let's say, from people who call customer service is really positive. Our, our agents do a great job. Well, now um, that, that feedback goes directly to the agent, again, in real time, um, so that they're hearing directly back from the customer. You know, maybe it's a person with um, uh, some kind of chronic illness and, you know, they're, they're calling for help um, and an agent helped them. Well, now they get to hear back from that customer about how what they did really impacted their lives. So anyway, Mm -hmm. those are some of the ways we think about listening in, in some of the things we're doing that, you know, we think are a little bit different. I love that. I love how you thought about it in such a human way, instead of just figuring out how much information can we get, you put context around that, which is so lacking in most of those surveys. So well done. That sounds really cool. Yeah, really, really good innovation and a really different approach. And if you could just uh, not not that I want you to help your competitors at all, but if you could just share that with my insurance companies down here in Florida, <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> much yeah, appreciated. I <laughs> no, I yeah, I know it's it's you know it's so simple. I mean, we all do surveys, but um, this is really powerful to be able to because I think the challenge with surveys is one, there's a lot of survey fatigue. Sometimes surveys are written by market researchers and they're not very human. Um, but the other thing is we get all this data, but but a lot of times it doesn't go back to the individual employee who could actually do something about it. So, yeah, we're excited. We're just getting started, but we, we think it's going to really make a difference. Well, excellent. Well, great stuff. Great takeaways for everybody listening. We really appreciate it. And Curtis, if you could just share with our listeners, where can people find you on the Internet if they'd like to connect with you? Sure. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Curtis Koff. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm a real uh, Twitter fanatic. So CCOF1 (laughs) is my handle on Twitter. And uh, yeah, by all means, I I love meeting peers. Um, I think there's a lot we can all do to learn from each other and maybe, you know, support each other sometimes because these jobs are hard. And, uh, you know, I I love having this opportunity just to share and and, uh, through this podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for all your wisdom and and for all the good work that you're doing on behalf of all those customers. So thanks, Curtis. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank Take you. Take care. We hope you enjoyed episode 134 of Crack the Customer Code with special thanks to audible.com. Don't forget to sign up for your free audiobook and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and Send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. And we love your reviews. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights. See my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Taborik. You can connect with me and find out more about my book, Be Your Customer Hero, and our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.